Hi, so I've been MIA from over here for a solid two weeks now. And let me tell you guys, it has been an absolute roller coaster. From mental health being a little bit all over the place, my anxiety has been terrible this week to the point where I actually had a small little <laughs> panic attack on Monday. And then home repairs, it's literally been all consuming, which led to a lot of anxiety because what was supposed to be one day repairs for a lot of things turn into a second day and then a third day and a fourth one. And I am tallied up all the way to nine days of home repairs between bathrooms getting fixed and windows getting fixed and we are still not done. All of these things are just, I think, a funny coincidence of me moving into a relatively new apartment building and things just kind of settling and coming to their own a year or so later. And so not abnormal, but at the same time, most definitely has been leeching a lot of my energy and time, which is not very fun, but we are here. And listen, this month has been full of wins, yet simultaneous losses. It's been very interesting. I don't think I've ever quite experienced a month like this March. It has been a little of the devil, not going to lie to you guys, but I am excited to be here and I hope you guys are excited because I'm going to answer some of your juicy questions I asked you guys to leave me over on Instagram. Look at me actually utilizing Instagram for the first time in a while. I rarely use it. It's probably a bad habit. I... When I switched from makeup to books, I just didn't really know what to do with my Instagram. And still to this day, it's kind of like a toss up where I don't want to share only books, but at the same time, between all of the mental blocks I have with sharing things about perhaps my personal life or, you know, sharing pictures of me full body or even just my face, it's just, you know, it's a difficult little thing for me. However, I would like to get back into it at some point. I always say that I do. We'll see when I actually feel like good and confident enough to do that because I feel like it's a good thing to do to kind of keep you guys updated more frequently about what's going on instead of just disappearing, which is what I tend to do when things are overwhelming. I just hole up and I become a hermit. And you know what? It works every time. However, <laughs> I just kind of leave and disappear and don't let anybody know. So there's that. Anyways, I'm using Instagram for this one and I'm going to be answering you guys' questions. I was really battling with what to do for this episode because I really didn't know what the fuck to do. Just keeping it honest, I filmed the first few episodes and I felt like there was such a great flow to them. And then I was like, Mel, this is getting like very, very existential. And although that's like great and everything, and I love that, I just needed something a little bit more chill, especially with how my mind and the brain goblins are acting up right now. I just need something a little bit more lighthearted, if you will. So let me give you the setup. Let me give you the mental image of what things are looking like right now in the Mel Reed's headquarters, also known as my apartment, also known as my office. <laughs> We've got the AC in full blast because it is a hot day in Panama after a few rainy days, which is it's not rain season yet, but the rain has been trying to do its thing. And I am wrapped up in my blanket like a burrito on my desk chair. In case you wanted the mental image, there you go. I am also in my PJs. It is 3.30 on a Saturday. So, you know, if that doesn't tell you <laughs> where I'm at, I don't know what will. But the very first question is the loaded one, I think, which is, is BookTube your full-time job now? And the answer is, it is. It's been my full-time since 2021. 
which is kind of crazy to say, for several different reasons. And primarily being the fact that I started my channel in 2020, I still think in ways I'm trying to process the fact that my channel grew in the beginning stages as fast as it did or fast for me because I just I genuinely didn't think that that's what it was going to do when I was doing YouTube for makeup it took a year for my channel to reach 100 subscribers and I think I was fully ready starting out this time around to kind of have a similar growth path especially not being in the US or the UK or Australia or any of the big countries I think where we see people really make it on YouTube as far as I'm concerned I also was not trying to like make it in any way I just wanted to talk about books and so Again, I think I'm trying to process still what it looks like right now for me. And I've also been very hesitant to talk about it because I think there there's a, a certain kind of energy that comes in when you kind of talk about it being your full time. But I do have to admit, I am extremely privileged and lucky, not only in the way that my channel grew, but also for all of you guys. Like I just, I am in constant awe of you all. And I don't think I say that nearly enough as I should, but I truly like love and appreciate you guys because were it not for you and you guys watching the videos, commenting, liking, and just engaging with everything, I really wouldn't be able to do what I do today. And so... You know, I put in half the work, 60% of the work. However, you know, you want to look at that percentage, but you guys really did the rest. So thank you so much to you guys for, you know, making that a reality because it's still a little unfathomable for myself. And I think this next question is a nice little segue into whatever follows, but it is what led you to start YouTube. And I guess it's a layered question. I, I think everybody who started YouTube at some point will have answered this question with, I always wanted to do it. And and it's the truth. I, I really did. When I was in sixth grade, I started really thinking about making a channel, uploading things. It's also funny because I truly remember me thinking that YouTube was only for music videos, but then I wanted to upload videos. So I don't know where that came from and, and where that literal contradiction was coming in but I wanted to do it since a very very young age and back then it came in the form of music covers that's what I wanted to upload on good old YouTube and I was being not only instigated but also indulged in what I wanted to do by my mother who most definitely made a terrible camera woman I, I speak that in all truth she made sure to squat on the ground to get what she thought was the the best angle for a music cover of Can't Be Tamed, which I actually did upload to YouTube and then quickly took down after I was mocked in school for doing so. And you know what? In hindsight, I can't blame the people. I was literally wearing my school uniform and I did not even have an instrumental in the background. I just had the full song. It was peak photo booth video, but it was filmed with a camcorder. I don't know how to vouch for myself here because then the next time I tried was with a friend when we were in middle school. And I can't quite remember if this was after watching the Justin Bieber Never Say Never movie. <laughs> or if this was after his concert but we made a skit where I can't remember if it was a skit or if it was just us talking about our experience with watching whatever we watched and it was me talking while she said over and over again I love Justin Bieber and then the next one after that was me singing a cover 
of down to earth. I really don't know how to vouch for myself here. This is embarrassing. And then just her waving her hand in the background as I sang because she was sitting next to me. And so those were the beginning stages of me knowing that I wanted to upload something on YouTube. And then that slowly became me wanting to share my love of makeup and share my love of books. And then falling into this time around, it was once more wanting to talk to people about books and kind of share the opinions I had and wanting to chat with people because I really didn't have at the time a lot of people that read books in my life and that wanted to discuss them or that even were reading the same books I was. And so I guess I've always been on the search of like-minded people who I could share things with and that we could gush about the things that we loved. And that was what led me to want to start it every single time. Because there were so many instances. It was sixth grade and then eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. And so I was always kind of trying through that middle school phase into high school to do it up until I found the courage to start for makeup and then start for books. Okay, but I love this one. What musicals do you hate or not care for? Any new Broadway shows you're into? And I have to be candid on this one. I'm really not in tune or in the know with what's currently showing in the season on Broadway. I am still stuck in my Hadestown phase, which I don't know what that says about me. However, I listen to Hadestown every day. I am waiting on my new vinyl to come in in because it is gorgeous and I have now come to appreciate the off-Broadway version that I refuse to listen to because I was obsessed with the Broadway official recording and so now I alternate between listening to both and I am obsessed still that's the truth so Hadestown is one I love let me talk about the ones I love first Hadestown in the Heights the Amelie musical love that the absolute most Newsies songs for a new world Pippin. I just, oh my God, I could go on and on about the musicals I love. What I don't necessarily care for are those very classic musicals, which I know some people will say like, what a fake musical theater fan. But I honestly cannot bring myself to listen to a lot of those classic musicals. So I'm more of a contemporary girly myself. And if I were to say that I hate anything. Hate is such a strong word. I don't think I could ever bring myself to fully hate something being put on stage like that unless the script was very, very bad or the arrangements were not the best. But if there is something I would prefer not to watch, it would be jukebox musicals. Don't really love them. It's funny too, because I was a part of a few in high school, but I don't really love jukebox musicals. I think there is room for them, but I would love and I prefer to watch things that are original and something that we have not necessarily seen or heard before. I appreciate that more than anything. So if I were to say I don't really appreciate something, it's um, jukebox musicals. Is somebody going to put me in musical theater jail? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Also, somebody asked, how do you get out of a reading slump? And the answer to this is I just give myself time, which kind of ties into the very first episode of the pod. I think there is this this very high need in social media nowadays to read so fast, to read everything, to catch up, to consume books left and right in every single second, minute, 
hour of your time of your day. And I don't think that's sustainable. And I think that ultimately, at least for me, and I can only speak for myself, has led me to go into several periods of slumpiness. And it was very common for me to go into those. It was actually more the norm than not for me to feel like I was in a reading slump. And it was because I was continuously forcing myself to read. And so if there is anything I've learned in the past year is that I just need to sit with myself. I need to not read. I need to focus on other things, whether that's work, spending time with friends and family, watching movies, watching TV shows, going out and taking myself out on dates and just kind of going about everyday regular life without thinking of picking up a book and then when it feels right I'll pick one up and more likely than not I will really really enjoy that book I picked up and so I think my best advice is to just sit with it sit with the feeling of the slump because if it's coming up it's likely that you're burning yourself out for some reason whether that you forced yourself to finish a book you weren't really liking or you just read a really really amazing book you need to sit with for a few days or a few weeks or even a month or several months and you need to give yourself time and so there's that. That's my advice. It's very simple. And I think that nowadays there there are so many things going around of like read a short book, read a graphic novel, read a manga. And yes, those are still things that you can do. However, I think you kind of run the risk of still not wanting to pick up a book after you're done with that. And ultimately, I think, again, if you're feeling slumpy, you're going to force yourself to do something that your brain is telling you it doesn't need at this moment in time. And so I would say don't get fooled by the media. Don't get fooled by what a lot of people kind of push and just sit with it. That's my best advice. And when reading wants to come back to you, it will. It sounds very like wishy-washy and like mystical, but I, I promise you it is the best thing I have myself done. And then after that, and after you pick up that first book, just take it slow. I've been taking it slow this year and allowing myself to read books slower than I used to in the past to take my week, take my two weeks, take a few months even, and to pick up a book when it feels right, read when I've got time and I feel like doing so. And I've been essentially enjoying everything I've been picking up and I feel the joy of reading really seeping back into my body, which is a joy to feel. So take it slow, give yourself grace and just move on. It's really not that big of a deal, I think. I think we we are so used to, or at least I am, let me not make that the, the general opinion, but I know I am so used to kind of reducing myself to the things I like doing and reading is one of those things and it is not all that I am and so we kind of have to remind ourselves that reading is not our lives, it's a part of our lives and if that is something that ensues throughout the day, cool and then if it doesn't then it doesn't and that's also completely fine someone wants to know what my myers-briggs personality type is and let me one up yeah riddle me this i am an enfp which means i'm the campaigner i am an eight wing seven and i am also a scorpio sun a libra rising and a Gemini moon good luck solving that puzzle okay i listen i feel like it makes sense all stacked together but she is an explained mess i think she is a certified one but at least it makes sense and if you want me to campaign for something <clears throat> let's talk about the next question okay the daisy jones tv show 
did not expect this many of you to ask this question, but I think rightfully so, because I was talking about how batshit crazy I was going to go when the show came out. I was putting this out into the universe left and right. I'm going to go feral. I'm going to be shit crazy posting all the things. And let me tell you where those posts are. They are nowhere because I don't like the show and I actually think I'm not even going to finish it, which is a very surprising turn of events. And I was very hopeful for it, obviously. The trailers looked amazing. I was a little bit afraid of the direction the show would take because just based on the trailers, it definitely looked like they were swinging a different direction from the books. And let me tell you, they proved me right. They proved all of my fears correct because not only are they doing a complete disservice to Camilla as a character like yes we are seeing more of her but at what cost <laughs> at what cost are we seeing her I think that for a character that's supposed to be a stabilizing agent in the grand scheme of a very chaotic storyline I think I'm seeing none of that in the show which is a shame because those were some of my favorite scenes with you know with having Camilla in the book and her drive, her resilience, her strength, and mostly her her decisiveness, her assertiveness. I don't know if decisiveness is a word, but her assertiveness was, was very beautiful in the book, in the way that she knows what she wants, what she is after, and she is not going to settle for anything less. She is a fighter through and through. And although there have been inklings of that in the show, I think most of it is very, very missing. I could attribute a lot of that to the editing of the show. I feel like the, the editing in the show is very choppy at times, where it feels like it is not making sense in general, or they're either cutting entire scenes, I feel, I'm just speculating here, that could have potentially added a lot more context to the scene, the characters, their motivation, even as far as Daisy goes. I feel like she is just lost in the ether of a script because... I don't know what happened to her. I feel all of the driving forces she has in the book and what ultimately makes her so unlikable is not present in the show at all. We just see her literally being a bitch for the sake of being a bitch, which is not at all Daisy. I feel like in the book, she has a certain flirty, almost taunting nature that comes up in very specific instances and it can either be in a good-natured sort of way, as well as it can be very destructive, but it's only a reflection of what she is going through with her own addiction. And so I feel like a lot of that explanation, a lot of that context is missing from the show, or the way that they are showing it, I feel, is somewhat of a disservice to her character, ultimately. So I'm not enjoying that. I also feel like the chemistry between Camilla and Billy... And also just between the actors, and I don't know if it's a script issue or if it's just like a chemistry actor on actor thing, but it's non-existent to me. Every time I see them together, I just cringe away from the screen because it doesn't feel real at times. It doesn't feel believable. Also, Karen, the way that they're switching around her character, I am not enjoying at all. And also, they're just giving her one-liners, which she has some great one-liners in the book. Nobody can erase that. But let's not reduce Karen to those things. And so part of me is kind of interested to see where the show is going. But at the same time, I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> That's just what I've come to. Because beyond the aesthetic of the show, I don't think there's a lot going for it. Or at least on my perspective, I just really don't love it. And again, changes can be good, but don't change the entire 
context, motivation of the storyline just for the sake of drama. And I think that's what it reduces down to is that they're just trying to create drama that doesn't need to exist for the purpose of this narrative because the book and the storyline worked very well without it. So we don't need to add it on the screen just for the sake of it. And so that's, you know, it, it really is just bugging me. And the book subject, though. Somebody asked, best book genre? A very subjective answer is what I'm about to give you, because I think, obviously, favorite genre or best book genre will vary person to person. I don't know about best in, like, an objective way. I don't know if there is one. I know a lot of people would like to argue that those are classics. That's a whole other discussion for another day. However... Personally, I really love fantasy. I am struggling with fantasy, though, at the moment. I'm hoping that me just recently finishing Hellbent will change that because Hellbent was fantastic. What an amazing sequel. Took me back to those days of reading the Shadowhunters Chronicles for the very first time and just getting lost in the book, not really thinking about anything else and really just enjoying the ride for what it is. What a great narrative, honestly. Just loved Hellbent. But... I've been really struggling with fantasy and picking it up. There's just something about it that I have a newfound sense of intimidation for. And I don't know what that's about, but there's, I think, something to unpack there. I've either burned myself out of fantasy or I I don't know what's happening. <laughs> that's the only explanation I've got for you. But again, I'm hoping that Hellbent can kind of turn it around if not that, I will say I love literary fiction, which I never thought I would say, but I do. I think it's becoming very quickly one of my most read genres, and I shouldn't really be surprised by it because I have this deep fascination to understand people and like human behavior. I love meeting new people. I love talking to people. I love you know, hearing about what motivates them, what drives them and, and what they ultimately want to achieve and and sort of understand the ins and outs of, of why they act the way they do. I don't know if that's <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with that information. I don't know what you will do with that. Info, but, you know, it's just like it, it's kind of what it is. And so I think literary fiction sort of appeases that want and like need for almost like human interaction. It's a really weird thing to say. It's just so slice of life and there's a comfort in that. There's a love that I have for it that I, again, never expected to have, but it's quickly becoming one of my new favorites, if I have to say so myself. What's your go-to cozy meal? Not the most nutritious ever, if I'm being quite honest. However, there's a history to it. There's a backstory to that. Uh, it's mac and cheese, not even like homemade no just like boxed craft mac and cheese there's just something about it that takes me back to not necessarily the best time period but for some reason there's just like such a comfort in that I mean I've talked about how my parents got divorced when I was very very young it was a very ugly divorce and throughout that divorce period my mom did not have a lot and so whenever we would spend time with her which was a very limited amount of time she really didn't have a lot of money for food. And so one of the few things she could afford to just give us as a meal whenever we would visit her was boxed mac and cheese. And I have like such fond memories of her cooking up the damned boxed mac and cheese <laughs> and putting particularly two slices of American cheese after 
doing the whole shebang with the actual like real recipe that's in the box and I enjoyed that so freaking much and still to this day whenever I'm feeling like kind of down or I don't know what to eat or you know if if there are any sort of like feelings or coziness to be had I typically make mac and cheese on its own. I, for some reason, also cannot, at least when I'm making it at home, I cannot eat mac and cheese with anything else. It's just, it's a it's a full-blown meal. That's the one thing. And listen, I know it's blasphemous, but does anything really compare to boxed mac and cheese? I, I will go out on a limb here and say no. So I, I know, I know. I have to embrace who I am and I have to live my truth, you guys. But I love, I love it every once in a while. It doesn't happen very often. And also the spiral one is so much better than the regular one. Anyways, moving on. Favorite thing to do to unwind after a long day. Several answer question. Depends on the day. If I've just had a very emotionally, physically taxing day, I will do nothing. That's just like the simple answer. I will literally turn on the AC and I will wrap up like I am right now, like a burrito, and I will watch TV or just sit on the couch and just do nothing. That's that's my favorite thing. If I've had one of those really exhausting days, I don't even pick up a book. That is the truth. But the other answer is if I've had a really long day and it's, again, been taxing or maybe I just, you know, there, there was a lot to edit. There was a lot to take care of, just, you know, household wise. I will make time the day after, which is Perhaps not the answer you're seeking, because I know you were probably seeking a same-day answer, though it could also apply for same-day. Um, I love that I say same-day, like same-day shipping. <laughs> Anyways, my brain. I will make time the next day, and I will take myself out on a date, whether that's out for lunch or breakfast. I'm not typically a taking-myself-out-for-dinner person. I feel like that's more of a group event. I, I still have... A little bit of an issue with taking myself out alone at night. Anyways, I will go out for breakfast, we'll go out for lunch, and I will make sure to sort of map out those two to three hours that I can spend on my own. I will most certainly take a book with me and I will stay at the restaurant or at the cafe for a while. I will get through like 60, 100 pages of my book. I will drink many coffees, many chai lattes, and that's kind of what I do after a long day or after a long week. I just take that time out to treat myself to a little something. So that's something I like to do. But typically, if I'm really, really exhausted, no reading gets done. It's it's everything but reading. Next up is makeup tips for dark under eye circles. It not only applies for under the eye area, but also for any other discoloration, scarring around the face that might be a similar shade. But typically when we talk about these sorts of discolorations, it is very cool tone base, very blue, very purple. And so we are going to use the opposite side of the color wheel to counteract that. So we are going to use mostly pink, orange, reddish shades to balance out the skin tone so that when we apply concealer or foundation or powder we can actually apply it very evenly without that showing through 
And so if you have a lighter complexion, I would typically go for a very light pink, something that is easily blendable onto the skin. If you have a darker complexion, I would go for a more salmon or reddish based tone, something that again is easily blendable and also coverable on the skin because if we choose something too light, then it looks gray. If we choose something too dark, then it is likely to taint the color of the foundation where it's that that pink red tone is peeking through. So just make sure you're choosing a tone that makes sense for your complexion. Apply a little bit of it because it tends to be very pigmented. And then on top of it, you can, you know, kind of take your pick of what you want to do, whether that's concealer, foundation, powder. I would typically go over it with concealer just to make sure that I'm actually really, really covering all of those pinks, reds, oranges, salmon shades so that it's again not peeking through and typically if it is a very dark under eye circle although the color corrector can go a really long way I would always suggest a pot concealer those tend to be a lot more pigmented than liquid concealers you're going to find the NARS pot concealer is one of my favorites I'm not really aware of any more like drugstore inexpensive dupes however that NARS pot concealer is everything. I just, I love it so, so much for everyday use. And to also just spot conceal instead of having to go through the whole nine yards of like concealer, foundation, powder, all the things. So that's what I would personally suggest myself. Speak of the devil and he shall arrive. More makeup questions. Best concealer for dry skin. Based on my experience as a dry skin girly, the NARS pot concealer is actually really, really good. If you hydrate really well beforehand, it goes on like a dream. It really doesn't separate a whole lot. I have really, really dry patches around my nose area sometimes. And so the pot concealer just blends like a real fucking dream. If not that, then I would say the Kaja Don't Settle Concealer. This is a Korean beauty brand. You can find it at Sephora. Their concealer is everything. It is not necessarily super high coverage, but it's definitely buildable. But the concealer, the formula itself is so thin, it feels like water going onto the skin. It's just super hydrating. And I have come to absolutely adore it. I've been using it for, oh God, how many years now? Five years, I think, four or five years. And I keep repurchasing it because it's just so good. I have yet to find anything quite like it. They definitely need to expand their shade range. Last I checked, but honestly, as far as a hydrating concealer goes, that one is awesome. Somebody also asked, Faith video editing snack. I actually cannot eat while I'm editing, which is an Achilles heel, to be honest, because sometimes when I get lost in the editing, I don't eat and it's really, really bad. So I typically have to eat before or after editing, but I can't really eat during. And it's the same way while I am reading. I can't really snack too, too much while I am reading because then it'll make me want to watch something instead of read something, or I'll just get distracted and I really won't be focused on the word. So eating, snacking while working, reading, it's really not something I'm able to do. Coffee though, coffee or tea is, is the vibe for me. I will have to say those ones I can do. No issue whatsoever. What's your favorite read so far this year? Oh, I don't think I know that quite yet. I feel like there's a lot of great books I've read. 
I I'm still stuck on Hellbent though because I just recently finished that and it really gave me that feeling that I haven't gotten with a book in such a long time. I have found it increasingly difficult in the past I would argue year, year and a half to really just get lost in books and not overthink it, not overanalyze anything and just to have fun. And Hellbent is the first book in a hot second that I was able to sit down with. Not only did I have so much fun with it, but I also binged it, which is really not something I've been able to bring myself to do with a lot of books recently. So maybe Hellbent, but also I've read so many other good books, so I don't know, but instantly comes to mind hellbent but i think it's because i've recently just finished that if you were to live in another country what would it be see i feel like this is where my logical brain kicks in because i think really thinking about moving somewhere else involves so much research to kind of see what the political landscape is what the economy looks like and what you know sort of like what the landscape in general of the country is i feel like somewhere in europe would be nice not only would the weather i think be lovely in comparison to what i have over here but then also the ability to go country to country with that ease is something that i think i would really really enjoy so probably somewhere in Europe. I just don't really have like a definitive country that I would like to say twice the one. Not for right now, but maybe once I start traveling a little bit more, I'll have like a definitive answer just based on the experience of being in a particular city or country. I love that my eyes immediately went to this question as soon as I was on answering the other one because it's somewhat tied. What are you most proud of so far this year? And I think this is a two-parter. The first part is that I am currently on a journey of healing my relationship with food and with my body. I, as you guys know, have an eating disorder and it's been very, very hard for me to not only come to terms with the facts that this is something I am actively struggling and dealing with, but also switching out habits for healthier ones and really sort of unlinking myself to all of these beliefs that are not my own, but that I've learned throughout the years or things that beliefs particularly that were really pushed onto me from a very young, impressionable age. And so I, this year, started on this whole journey of cooking at home and really just familiarizing myself with the kitchen again and really not seeing food as like an enemy in a way and not the villain and experimenting with new recipes and finding what works for me and finding out what my routine you know looks like now with all of these things it's been such a huge step and at times it's very overwhelming but honestly the fact that I've managed to do so much progress in in such a small amount of time I think, I mean, maybe it's a big, I, I don't know how to measure time in that regard, but it feels like such a huge accomplishment and it is a very big accomplishment. So that's one of the things I am most proud of because I feel, I feel so much better in my body than I did a few months ago. And so very, very big thing. And I'm literally about to cry. So let me switch to the other one, which is I have bought plane tickets. I'm traveling this year. Oh, it's so scary. I haven't traveled in such a long time. But when I was writing down all of the things I wanted to do and accomplish in 2023, one of those things was that I wanted to have three trips this year. And I have been saving up like crazy as much as I can. And I just 
bought tickets for two of those trips. So I am very, very excited, a little bit intimidated by the prospect of hopping on a plane in a way that I've never experienced before. But I am very excited to go both to so far, Miami and London this year, which is so very, very exciting. And I can't wait to see what memories I make while I'm over there and all the videos that will surely come out of these trips for you guys. You guys will see me shop at Barnes and Noble in a video for the very first time. Like that, that's still like one of the wild and Waterstones. I've never gone to a Waterstones, you guys. That is honestly, I think two of the most exciting things on these trips, although there will be like a lot more happening I have not walked into a proper, like fully stocked, just like very, very good bookstore in such a long time. And I will be insufferable. I hope you guys are ready for that. I'm also sure a podcast episode will ensue out of these trips. So I'm sure I'll do a lot of reflecting after the trips are done. So again, I just hope you guys are ready for that because I am not ready, but I am at the same time. I'm very, very, very excited to go do all of these things and just re-experience the joy of traveling and really seeing what what things about myself I will discover while I am abroad. You guys know me too well. Favorite places to buy sweaters slash sweatshirts. I'll also throw hoodies in there. You guys know I love comfy clothes. There's just no time in this universe, for me at least, to not be comfy, okay? I will be comfy at all times, in all places, at least when I can. So if you want to talk like traditional stores that you can find in a mall, depending on where you live, I would go H&M or Urban Outfitters. Those are two of the places I go to a lot for sweaters and sweatshirts nowadays. If not that, and if you're looking particularly for like bookish sweatshirts, hoodies, I would go for Bibliostyles Co. You can find them on Instagram. They also have a website. They do, I think it's like once every three months, they do a restock and they have such cute designs. They have gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Shout out to Emma. She really knows what she's doing with all of the designs. And I also go to Etsy a lot, believe it or not, for t-shirts and for sweatshirts as well and for hoodies too they have some really cool original designs on there both for shows movies also books and also just for regular clothes they have a lot of really cool stuff so I think that's kind of it for me um I feel like those are the places that I go to the most and I tend to find some really really cool things and and specifically with Etsy sometimes a lot of things are discounted so it's good to like not break the bank and also honestly a lot of the sweatshirts and sweaters and even hoodies I've bought I've literally done so through like Instagram ads sometimes those get me I'm like oh that's cute I'm going to buy that and then I just click on the ad and then I buy the thing and, and that's <laughs> that's kind of like a one-off purchase or sometimes when I see somebody wearing something I'm like I need to hunt this down and then I'll just literally go to the ends of the earth till I find that particular something I eyed and I was like I love that but I think go to's those would be the ones. How's the reading slower challenge going, Mel? Thank you so much for asking. It's actually going really, really well. I am in awe of how much I'm enjoying the books I am reading this year. I'm not sure if the enjoyment is attributed to or can be attributed to the pace in which I'm reading the books or the fact that I am really picking books out based on my mood, how I'm feeling, what I really am 
in the mood, in the vibe to read in the moment where I'm picking it up. I'm just allowing myself to pick up whatever I want instead of reading primarily for videos. And so I've been finding it very, very enjoyable. So again, I don't know if it's the pace itself or if it's the books I'm choosing that have been good to me. But so far, we are doing very, very good. And especially with the pace in which I do things, you know, and the pace that I'm editing, filming, and wanting to stay present in my daily life, reading slower was definitely the thing to do so that I didn't feel stressed most of the time and didn't force myself to read when I didn't feel like doing so. So it's actually going really well and it's easier to sustain than I thought it would be. I thought I would spend the majority of the time stressed that I wasn't reading, but honestly, it's it's so easy to get into and I'm not really overthinking it at all, essentially. I'm, I'm just picking things up when they feel right and not reading when that feels right and it's been the best time if i'm correct you have your own place now if yes what's your favorite thing about it i do i also think this is a two-parter if i were to talk like favorite place in the apartment i would probably say the kitchen I have come to really, really love the kitchen and I think the way that I've set everything up and the way that I've decorated it, I absolutely adore. If not that, I have come to appreciate the office. In a really weird way, my office was almost, it felt like a cage sometimes because I was spending way too much time in here and I was overworking myself and I was very burnt out and I was going through these constant ins and outs of slumps and so... I didn't really love the office. In fact, I had bought many a thing to renovate my office or to add to the office. And I had not installed them because I didn't really feel up to the task because mental health was not there. And also just because I didn't feel like I was in a very weird way. Like I was deserving of a space that felt like 100% mine and that was cozy more than it was just functional. And so I added some things to the office, some floating shelves, some frames. I bought some art prints that I could put up and some LED lights and stuff. And now I am in love with the office setup, particularly like the desk area and above that I have put together. I'm still not quite done with the office. There are still many other things I want to do to it, primarily adding more LED lights. I just want to make sure that when it is nighttime, this room can be purple. Like, I just want it to be so overwhelmingly bright <laughs> with the LED lights because I love the aesthetic of it. I love the idea of it. And I think the real room that I could take advantage of with that lighting is the office. So I would say those two places are two of my favorites. And listen, it makes a lot of sense now with me cooking at home every day and kind of doing my thing in a way that I wasn't doing when I had first moved in. Loving the kitchen is something that brings me so much joy to even vocalize. So shout out to my kitchen and my office because they really do the absolute most and I love them for it. Reading Jade City right now and I'm loving it, but will Jade Legacy emotionally damage me? There is only one correct answer to this. And it's, yes, I don't know what fondly injected into Jade Legacy. I mean, aside from the pain and the suffering, but I don't know what she injected into that fucking book. It's so good. It is most certainly very heartbreaking, but it is just so good, so enjoyable. What a ride. What a way to kind of finish off a series. 
I think it's one of the best last installments I've ever read. Not that I'm very well known for finishing series. So like take that with a grain of salt. But out of the ones I finished, it's either the best finale I've ever read or quite up there with some others. I absolutely adore it. But yes, it, it will damage you emotionally. I think it was built for that. Favorite YouTube video you've ever filmed? I'm too critical of myself to have a favorite video, I think, which is a sad thing to say. But I would argue one of my most recent accomplishments, which is with feeling good while I was filming and editing, was my newest vlog, which is a spend a few days with me. I have not felt that free with filming in a while, which is also a very silly thing to say, but I'm just a silly gal, what can I say? I enjoyed every single second of vlogging that day, or those two days, I should say. There was just unparalleled joy and freedom at the time of picking up the camera because it wasn't that book based like although I was hauling books and I was updating on my current reads the purpose of the video wasn't to read a book or to update with a book it was just show daily living and the ability to do that without worrying about picking up a book was very very freeing did it perform the same way that a lot of my other videos have no but I think I am making, or I want to make rather, these more lifestyle-based videos that still have a little bit of books in them, but that not being the focus. Sort of this passion project on my channel where I can allow myself the space in ways to also present myself like that on my channel and it not only being all about books because I think it also erases some of the pressure to be constantly reading and to constantly be creating content surrounding books and so I like that and I also saw that somebody asked if I'd ever considered opening a second channel to talk about things not relating to books I don't know if I could do it honestly between YouTube Patreon podcasting and staying present in my everyday life I think having a second channel would be very very consuming but I think that if anything maybe I would just like to see my channel evolve to the point where I can just freely upload any of those things instead of opening an entire second channel. But listen, you never know with me, I'm unpredictable. <laughs> That's the best and worst quality I have. And then I think this might be one of the last few questions, if not the last question. Uh, where do you get your nail inspiration from? I get it from Instagram, actually. I like doom scrolling under the nail art hashtag, and I just literally scroll for hours sometimes and I save anything and everything that jumps out at me and then when I go get my nails done that's what I present to my nail tech and then we kind of go from there and we see if we change the colors if we're adding anything if we're subtracting anything maybe sometimes I combine two different designs together and we kind of come up with our own thing so I would say I would say that's that's where I get my inspo from doom scrolling under the nail art hashtag on Instagram I know a lot of people have like their Pinterest boards for nail inspiration but I find that for some reason I can't really find the things I want on Pinterest so Instagram is typically the 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 place I go to the most when it comes to inspiration and listen it's gotten to the point where I've saved so many nail pictures on Instagram that the only thing my explore page for the most part shows me are nail pictures which is really funny actually but also it's great because I've got a constant stream 
of potential designs to get done at some point. So it's pretty awesome. Okay, okay, one more. I promise this is the last one and I'll let you guys go. But what do you do on days when you need a break? Now, I don't know if I'm the only one, but some of you guys might be able to relate. I like making lists, okay, of like potential things I would like to do on a day off or when I need to catch a break. And so whether that's going grocery shopping, doing laundry, just like something household related that brings me some semblance of like comfort or like coziness or maybe attempting a new meal. I love going through Pinterest, honestly, and finding new things to try out. And I will go out of my way to buy all of the ingredients and just cook a meal for myself. That I do. Or I will grab some snacks and pick out a TV show to binge in bed and stay in my pajamas all day or watch a movie or two while I'm eating some good food or a snack. I also love going to the movies a lot. So typically when I need a break, one of like the quickest things I do to like catch that break is literally go to the movie theater, whether that's an early screening or me texting my brother and going like, hey bro, like this movie is showing right now, like would you be down? And sometimes he's like, really? That movie, like, are you sure? And I'm like, listen, all I want is to get out of the house. So let's just go. So I think going to the movie theater is one of my favorite things to do when I need a break. Or also again, just taking myself out on a date, which I think is also a really great opportunity for me to take a book with me, and then go to a cafe or go to a coffee shop or whatever it is, a restaurant, and have a good time while I'm reading and drinking some nice little cozy drinks or eating a nice little meal. So I think those are typically my go-to with a break. And yeah, that's all I've got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this little Q&A session. I am going to go eat now my arroz con pollo that's waiting for me in my kitchen. I am so ready to just devour some of that. My favorite part of it are the olives, weirdly enough. I know some people don't like olives, but oh, it just, it gives it that nice little touch. It's just so good. Anyways, I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat. So I hope you guys are having a beautiful day wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. Next week, we're going to have a little catch up, okay? Next week is when the real catch up is going to ensue from what I'm currently reading to how I'm dealing with my mental health right now to how things are going. Just all the nine yards are going to happen next week. So I hope you guys are ready for that one. Don't forget that you can follow me on YouTube over at youtube.com slash melreads. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash melreads if you want to support the podcast and the channel further. And don't forget to follow the pod over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I will catch you guys next week. Love you the most. Bye.